Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club, the place investors go to learn tips, tricks, and stories from other investors in the field. Before I introduce today's guest, I have three short housekeeping items to cover. First, if you like our content, the best way to support us is simply to like, subscribe, comment, or share this episode with your friends and family. Second, we are active investors ourselves and are always on the lookout for mobile home, RV, mixed-use commercial, and multifamily properties in MSAs with a population of 100,000 or more. So if you are also an active investor and have something you think we may be interested in, we would love to take a look. Send us the details of the deal at www.therealestateinvestingclub.com. Third, if you are a new investor and would like to learn how to get started or scale your real estate investing business, go to www.therealestateinvestingclub.com to check out our course. So without further ado, let's dive right in. We have a very special guest with us today, so buckle up, grab your pen and paper, and enjoy the ride. Right, we are live today. We have Casey Kronbach today with us. Um, you are actually not in Croatia. Where are you calling from, uh, Casey? I am from Dallas, Texas. Dallas. Yeah, I appreciate being on the show. Dallas. Before uh, before the episode, Casey was saying that uh, you know this Corona time hit and he had to cancel a trip to Croatia, which is horrible. It would be beautiful over there. Um, to get us started, Casey, why don't you tell us, you know, who you are, where you're from and how you got started in real estate in the first place. Yeah, for sure. I'll I'll do the 10,000 foot view. My name's Casey Cronbeck. I'm, I grew up in Denver. I live in Dallas. I have seven children, a beautiful wife, and, uh, I've been doing real estate since 2007, maybe 2008, something like that. Yeah. Uh, across the spectrum of multifamily, um, did some houses, uh, office buildings, industrial, uh, pretty much oh, wow. some land deals. Yeah, I've done, done a bunch of different random stuff in the last 12 to 13 years. Wow, awesome. Seven children, by the way. That's, uh, that's, yeah. that's something to yeah. take care of right there. That's I'm going to fly him up to, to, for a week, long weekend with you if you want. <laughs> uh, awesome. So you're in the Dallas area. Um, you got started in 2007, which is, you know, that's yeah. the perfect time to start in real estate, yeah. as I've heard. Got lucky. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. So you got, you got started in 2007. You hit the crash. Um, and you know, tell us, you know, how, what were the, what, what did it look like when you got started? What was yeah, it for sure. Okay. So, uh, quit a corporate job, April, 2007, and then decided I wanted to get in real estate, didn't know what I was doing. And so I ended up going to, uh, in, in Texas, we've got a, a very strong property tax foreclosure process. And so the first Tuesday of every month, they, if you don't pay your property taxes, they basically auction your property off for cash. And so, Started, we bought a couple of houses, uh, me and another guy, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, and, and tried to flip them and didn't make money because nobody could get a loan in 2008 and 2009, but um, rented them out. But then uh, kind of got on the tail of a 300-unit apartment deal in 2009 and, and uh, just went out, raised the money organically, um, and then just kind of started going and kept buying multifamily, which was the greatest time ever to buy multifamily that we didn't know at the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we ended up buying probably uh, 20 to 25,000 units. Um, wow. Yeah, it was, it was a lot and self-managed. <laughs> so it went from two guys in a truck to 400 and something employees. And um, 
it was it was a ride, uh, and and we got we got really lucky with cap rate compression and interest rates or rental rates going up, and you know North Texas has has been really good for rentals, uh, and and then we got into Oklahoma and Arizona, uh, and we did that probably through 2018, and did probably I would guess just over three billion dollars of multifamily. Um, all, all, no fun, no, you know, it was all privately raised, um, through, through wealthy individuals and family offices and funds of funds and blah, blah, blah. And, um, anyway, so did that, enjoyed it. It was fun. Had a really good time. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, now, now, uh, you know, I had that, I, I call it, uh, sorry, Gabe, this is maybe going too deep. Sorry. No, no, no. I love it. Keep going. Okay. We just started, uh, but I had like, if you've seen Jerry Maguire, you know, that moment where he writes that memo and he puts it in all the, like the mailboxes of everybody in the company. Uh, I kind of had that moment where it was like, I'm so far away from the deals because I'm running a company. So I'm like, I want to get back to the deal side. And so I left that company um, that I co-founded and got into another company called Moxie Bridge. And um, we started diversifying out of multifamily doing office and industrial primarily and then some land development um yeah so we probably have seven it's not huge but probably seven hundred thousand square feet of office and roughly the same of industrial and doing a big townhome development of like 120 something townhomes and anyway i i enjoy it i i, I get into it because the investors uh you know providing returns to investors and that kind of gasses me up every morning um whether it's a hundred thousand dollar house or a hundred and twenty million dollar real you know commercial deal i, I just it does it, it gets me it motivates me so absolutely for sure yeah um and yeah i mean so i mean you've already you've covered a lot there there's a lot to unpack uh awesome Sorry. no 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 it's great uh, it's awesome you know you started you were in corporate and you started on the auction steps. It sounds like you bought, um, was it single family, multifamily, or you just bought a few rentals? We, so we went to this auction four months in a row. And when you, at least in Texas, when you buy on the property tax foreclosure steps, first Tuesday of every, every month, you have to pay cash on the spot. And oh, wow. we got outbid 50 times. And so you have to go with like, like I had cowboy boots on and I shoved, I, I cashed out my 401k, which was like 80 grand. And I shoved it all in my boot. <laughs> and we're like, we're going to buy this one house. And, and our max price was 40,000. And I remember it going to like 41. And I was so frustrated because we've been there so many times. And I'm like, I have kids. I've got to like provide for them. And I said, we're buying this stupid house. We're buying it. And so it went to 43.5. It was 22.30 Mac Lane. In Dallas, I remember vividly, and we ended up buying. So you, you 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 get awarded. You go up, you give them the cash, and then they give you a quick claim deed, and then you own it, and you have no idea what you just bought until you go drive and see it. So it started doing that. We did like probably four or five houses there, and then and then kind of parlayed into multifamily. Um, we actually kind of a okay. So in between that, so the next month we went down there and they started bidding, and they said. Um, there's a 28 unit apartment deal. The guy, the constable goes, I have no idea. You know, I have no idea about it, but I know there's people living there and there's a structure. We're going to start the bidding at 400 and 
90 something thousand. And we're like, we weren't even there to buy it. And, and so we sat there and he's like, start the bidding. Nobody bid on it. And then he goes open bidding. And we're like, we kind of looked around like what's $20. Yeah. Yeah. So one guy says a hundred bucks and we're like 200 bucks. And anyway, we ended up walking out of there with a 28 unit deal and a 16 unit deal for roughly $11,000 total. Like, Oh my, wow. That is amazing. But, but we pulled up to the deals after we went to lunch and went to go see the deals. And it was like, I had a good friend from church go down there with me a couple weeks later and he's, he'd been on a mission trip to Sudan and he's like, this looks just like Sudan. I mean, there's people outside with barrels, with fire coming out of it, sleeping oh, in the tents. I learned what a, like a crack bag was. I mean, <laughs> it was crazy. Wow. I went down That's there every day nice. for a year. Yeah. And it was great though. I, I learned, I, I, I learned that if you treat people well and do the best you can to take care of them, that, you're going to get the best residents in the area of that property. Absolutely. That kind of parlay in every area. I mean, just, you know, on on that topic, every area has good people. It doesn't matter. You know, right. Right. So the poor areas, there are good people there. Um, Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in the, in the lower income areas, they are so like beat down because the landlords typically are slumlords and they just take advantage of them. And if you, if you come in and you do the right thing and you, you know, you replace a door knob or you make sure they have air conditioning or whatever it is, like all the good people just like, I'm going there, you know? <laughs> so anyway. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, uh, I love the visual of you, um, you know, hobbling up to the, to the courthouse steps with just boots, cowboy boots filled with the, with money in order to buy this, this first property. That's uh, which by the way, was attached to a jail. So you had to wow. go through a metal detector. It's intense. $80,000 in your pocket. That's all I had in my name. Plus a bunch of credit card debt. But whatever. <laughs> uh, that is awesome. The lesson for everybody listening and watching there is just do what you got to do. If you got to shove it in your boots to, uh, to buy the property, that's what you got to do. Yeah. If we hadn't done that, we wouldn't have, yeah, we wouldn't have done the $3 billion in real estate. Yeah, absolutely. It all starts with uh, with one property. So, yeah. Um, so awesome. So you start, got started in auctions and then you went on to that other, uh, you went on you and you got lucky. You bought that, that, uh, that multifam two multifamilies for $11,000, which I've never heard yeah. of before in my life. That's, uh, yeah. the, the cost per door there had to have been like a couple hundred probably bucks. worth negative 80 though. I mean, oh. to be honest, <laughs> because they of the rehab right. you had to put into it. I mean, we, we put, I mean, it was all bootstrapping, right? So, I mean, I think we ended up giving it to, um, the guy that started, uh, oh, it's some sort of the uh, one of those baseball baseball card companies. Um, anyway, he ended up buying it, and, and for, we didn't make any money on it. And then we gave it to a local church down there, and they they now transition it into like uh, halfway houses for prison ministry. Oh wow! So we, it turned out really really well, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's so we didn't make any money on that. But we learned a lot. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so awesome. So, I mean, there's a big leap to going from there to uh, 20 to 25,000 units. Um, so yeah. kind of tell us, you know, how did that trajectory go? Um, you know, there's a lot of people listening, watching who have a couple duplexes, a couple triplexes. Um, you know, they're looking to get into the bigger, bigger multifamily yeah. uh, operations. So kind of how did you make that transition? Um, what was like raising capital like? Um, just kind of yeah. take us on that path. Sure, sure. 
For, I, I would I would uh, say a disclaimer probably before I answer in that the market is way different right now. And I don't, I, I am not buying multifamily right now. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to buy, but it is a different environment. And there's so much money chasing yield and you can't get yield anywhere. I mean, you, you go to Japan and you actually pay money to get their, their treasuries, you know, I mean, the, the, the 10 year right now is at 0.6%, you know, 0.6. So it's like, it's a different market right now. I mean, 10 years ago, it was like nobody wanted to be in multifamily. And so there was no money to come in. And so you had to figure out how to go raise the money. And our first, our first kind of outside money deal was probably a three, it was small. It was like a $3 million deal, something like that. And we had to go raise, I think it was a little over a million, million and a half, something like that in outside money. And we didn't have a dime. I mean, I, we barely, I remember in September 2009 when the market crashed, like the lender just like they bailed on us last minute. So we had to go find somebody to, to guarantee the loan and pay them a fee. And but we just did whatever we could to make it work. And so we went out to everybody and their mom and just said, hey, can you put money in this deal? And finally, we raised the money. We got the guarantor to support the debt and got the deal done. And completely, I think it was, a, I think it was a, after four or five years, it was an 11 IRR. So it wasn't a, oh, it wow. wasn't okay. a successful deal, but it wasn't a Crazy. bad deal. Yeah. yeah. But then, but that was, and it was class C. It was in a bad area of Dallas, right? So like, we, but we, and we office there every day. I mean, I, I would get there at 7.30 and sit, I, I took the property manager, <laughs> asked her to go outside so I could take the office so that I could have phone calls. And, you know, we dealt with drug dealers, all that kind of stuff. But, oh, wow. you know, and then 2010, 11, 12, it kind of got the, the, the portfolio got a little bit better. And we'd go from a class D to a class C and then a class C plus and a class B. And it just slowly got a little bit better until we realized after we had probably I don't know, 3,000 units, something like that, that we had a company. Um, and <laughs> That's what it takes, like, is just 3,000 units to... Yeah, we had like 40 employees. I'm like, I didn't even know this was happening. Like, we're in real estate. Like, I didn't realize we are going to have employees. Anyway, it just started getting b- bigger and better. And then it, I, I think it was 2011, we ended up buying, a, it was a $10 million deal, and it was really dicey. We had, we had one investor that came in at $5,000. Um, oh, geez. Yeah, it's great. Guy. I mean, he's our insurance guy. I mean, he's a great guy, but you know, it was just that kind of like whatever money we can get, we're going to get, and we're going to make it happen. And and then it, it slowly gradu- graduated into Class B. You know, you're repositioning Class B to Class B plus as you do a ten thousand dollar unit renovation, and then you, you know, then we started getting into Class A because yields were going down, rates, interest rates were going down, cap rates were being compressed, and so it was kind of like a why would you take the risk on a class C renovation to get an 18 IRR when you can buy a class A deal that's in a core that you can get a 15 if there's not as much risk. Right. Yep. We kind of went through that process. And anyway, just kind of slowly, you know, I think over time people understand that you are a person of integrity and character and will do everything you can to make sure their investment is successful. And so they give you more money and then you do a deal and your, your underwriting is, below what the actual, you know, what actually happens. And so then all of a sudden they give you more money and then more money. And then it just kind of piles up. 
Yeah. And yeah, yeah track record, uh, a track record really does speak, uh, speak more than anything that you can it say. Does. Um, it does. show investors, uh, anybody looking to invest, Hey, this is what we've done. This is what you can, you know, we're not guaranteeing this obviously, but this is what our, our performance in the past has been like. And so that gives them a yeah. lot of, uh, a lot of, um, yes, yeah. I always, I, I, not, I always tell people that are new to invest with, with me or our company or whatever is like when stuff gets really bad, whoever you invest with, if they're not going to answer your phone call and they're going to dodge you and they're going to like, that's not, that's not our mentality. Like things will go bad. And and we've had some deals that have not been that great, but like, you can call me on the phone, like, and I will answer or I'll call you back in an hour. You know, I think that's really important. Absolutely. Being uh, completely open and, uh, and available for, for, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is people's money. It's the way that they, um, they, they, you know, it's their safety net. And so you are, your yeah. role in that is very important and, and showing yeah. that you're willing to answer all their questions is, is super, super useful in that situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. so you, you mentioned you went, uh, you know, you, you looked up one day and all of a sudden you had 40 employees. You're like, Whoa, we have a company. Um, so what was, you know, what was the first employee that you got? What, what were the first few positions, uh, that were really integral or central to building that foundation of the company that you built, you know, well, up Javi, to 20,000. Hopefully they watch this at some point, but Javier and Maria or uh, Mary, excuse me, were the first two. Uh, and, and they stayed with us for, I think 10, 10 years. Um, they were obviously, they taught us everything. I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know how to manage an apartment complex, but I, you know, I was there at seven o'clock on a Friday night trying to manage it. Like I'm trying, <laughs> you know, um, but I, I would say, if if I'm a person trying to grow a real estate company, the number one most integral person to have on your team is a strong, strong controller. Like an accountant is very important and they do a great job. A controller though, like as you grow, they can grow with you and they can, they can make sure you don't get into trouble. And a lot of people, at least like me, I, you know, I want to go do a deal and I want to go raise the money and yeah. I want to, you know, I want to, but I, when, it, when I get the, when I get the food back in the office, I need, I need somebody that's going to make sure loan covenants are taken care of and cash flow is there. And like, I mean, asset managers are super important, but a good, good controller is probably numero uno, number one. I mean, hundred, hundred percent. I love yeah. it. I love it. That's a, I mean, you're the first person who said that. And I mean, I, I'm not obviously at the stage that, um, that you're at, but I, I can see how that would be. Um, I mean, that's that could, that would be integral for your growth. It's huge. Otherwise you're, you're going to run the risk of missing a distribution or screwing up the books or missing a, whatever loan, whatever covenant again, you gotta, somebody has to be like home base. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So, um, so this multi, you went from one to probably about 15, then to 300 and then to 20 to 25,000 units. Um, but then you realize, you know, you were, you were done with that path that you, you'd kind of, you'd gone as far as you wanted in that, uh, in that trajectory. And you decided to kind of switch over to, um, to Moxie bridge. You, you wanted to get closer to the deals, closer to the actual, um, executing of the real estate. 
Yeah. Um, so, so why did you choose commercial industrial office? Um, what, what, what made you switch away from, from multifamily? Yeah. Yeah. Great, great question. Uh, two, two things. Number one, there's so much money chasing multifamily that, that the yields just are not there for the risk you're taking. In my opinion, I, and I, and I've been wrong and I, I still invest in multifamily. I'm just not a sponsor or GP of multifamily. So I'm like, we but I still put money into multifamily. I believe it's a great, you know, way to, you know, hedge inflation and like, you know, I'd rather have 300 tenants than one tenant type situation. Um, but I, I was also very heavily invested in multifamily where probably 95% of my balance sheet was in multifamily. And so I was kind of like, not only am I not getting the returns, this is me and everybody has a different opinion, but I didn't feel like I was getting the returns for the risk I was taking and the effort I was putting it in, uh, I didn't like. I didn't like the effort of managing all the employees of the management company, and and I mean, I, I did it, and I can do it, and I'm pretty good at it, but I don't like it, right? Like, so you have like that aha moment where it's like, what do I? What do you want to do? You know? And yep. then I was like, okay, well, it, it was kind of a weird situation. I, I went through a a little bit of a. We had we had some pretty big capital events. Uh, because because multifamily blew up, you know, and so I had a chance to make some money. And then it's kind of like, why am I like, why, why do you do what you do? And, and I decided I want to help other people succeed. Like it, that, that jazzes me up more than doing another deal and making money. Right. So the whole concept of Moxie Bridge evolved is, as in like Moxie is like a person that has a lot of you know, moxie, whatever. And then bridge would be me coming in and helping them either, whether it be balance sheet or connections or experience or whatever it is. So we take people with moxie and you bridge them into what they want to do. And so we started this company and, and we now have like 10 people, um, you know, people focused on uh, office buildings, focused on industrial buildings and stuff that they probably couldn't have gotten done had, had we not been able to come behind them with a strong controller and make sure that they <laughs> make sure that we can support them and, you know, get the loans, raise the money, all that kind of stuff. And then we split the profits uh, oh, okay. on the GP side. So you have uh, uh, kind of individual operators um, coming to you with these deals um, and you are the, the financier and the, the, the mentor consultant yeah. kind of, um, yeah. uh, of, of role in that. Yeah. In that. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what we're doing. And it's, it's worked out pretty well. I mean, we've had our stumbles, but, uh, it, I, I get great pride and I'll stop after this. Sorry. I get, I get a lot of fulfillment. Let me say that out of watching other people that were me 15 years ago, succeeding in the career that they want to do. And if I can help them do that, like that's exciting to me. Absolutely. And I, and I guarantee that they appreciate that because, yeah. uh, because when I mean you were there when you get started, it's it's rough. You don't know what you're doing. You're just throwing shit on the wall and hoping it sticks. And uh, exactly, <laughs> yes. nailed it. And, uh, having yeah. somebody with uh, with your credentials, um, kind of you know, take their moxie and bridge it across to two successes is you got it. You got it. So awesome. Um, so that you didn't quite. Uh, I mean, I, I love the answer, but I, I'm so specifically why commercial industrial office. Oh wait, you did mention that. Sorry, you you because the the, the compression cap rate compression for multifamily is just to get out of multifamily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and honestly, I, we're we're not targeting uh, 
office buildings so much right now, especially given COVID. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with that over the next mm-hmm. six months. Yep. Because we've noticed across our portfolio, although we're collecting money and, and we're 98% of where we were before, but it's still like nobody's at the office. Like you pull up to a 200,000 square foot office and it's like crickets everywhere. Yep. It's, it's yep, crazy. Yep, yep. Uh, we we think that it we think that industrial is like a really great spot to be in right now. Multifamily is too. It's not. And what we like about industrial, as everybody kind of already knows, is like last mile industrial is smoking hot right now. I mean, smoking hot. I mean, and and, and, I, and that's like distribution centers, um, uh, warehouse, anything like so that. Correct. What what yeah. So what's what what. Because most of the audience is real estate people, right? I mean, yep. So okay, hundred percent. Yep. So so like the the two hundred thousand square foot Amazon building is trading at like a four cap. So that's like not that exciting because debt is like you can maybe get three and a half. I mean, you know. But but what is interesting and what we're doing right now is I I, I mean we might be wrong, but buying like nobody wants to buy a single tenant, uh, call it a furniture retail distribution facility like too much risk all that kind of stuff but you can buy those at like a six and a half six six and a half cap but you don't want to own just one because number one they're small they're like four or five million bucks and so you have to read but if you could if you can aggregate 20 of those and kind of cross the equity and cross the debt and make it a portfolio situation all of a sudden it's like you can buy them on a six and a half and then there's a lot of people like Blackstone and Starwood, whatever, that will that they don't want to put out four million, but they'll put out a hundred million. So if you've got 20 deals at four million, maybe they'll pay you a four and a half cap. So you get you get current cash flow and then you get a compression on the cap rate when you go to sell in four years. It's just a lot of work along the way because you have to buy all these different deals and have the money. Gotcha. As a yeah, sell it as a portfolio. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you'd also be mitigating your risk because you have, I mean, if one tenant tenant goes away, like, just like in multifamily, you don't want to buy just one house because you could have a 0% occupancy if one tenant leaves. Yeah. So over 20, yeah. you have, uh, you reduce your risk by um, by increasing the, the probability they'll have occupancy there. 100% um, correct. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. So... Well, hey, Casey, uh, we do, we try to keep these around 20 to 30 minutes and we are, we're buttoned up on the end of it here. Um, but I, I appreciate you coming on before we leave. I always ask people the same questions. Um, there'll be uh, three of them. One really quick, uh, you know, we all get our information somewhere. Um, a lot of us from books. So if you could give one book recommendation for, um, real estate and then one for non-real estate, what would they be? Ooh, that's a good one. I should have studied on this one. <laughs> I, I will say um, Rocket Fuel is a really good one. It's about partnerships and how you know successful partnerships. One person has to be kind of a visionary, and one has to be kind of like an integrator. I thought that was really fascinating. Um, I think most people in real estate have a partnership, even in your life with your family. Um, on the real estate side, I don't. I don't know if I have one that I can recommend. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's no worries that seems to be a there's many guests that have a struggle okay. with that one so it's okay yeah. um but rocket fuel that's uh that's great i haven't heard of that one i'll have to pick it up 
Um, next question. We all know real estate. It's a roller coaster. You got your ups, you got your downs, um, you know, both financially and emotionally. Uh, so kind of tell us, you know, just a real quick story. Um, what was, you know, that, that something that just kind of, you know, came out of the woodwork and what was the, the, the lesson that you learned from that? Okay. I think, I think the one, the, if I, like, if I had to pick one thing that I I've learned just because when you buy real estate, you can't do it all on your own. Like you have to have a management team or a leasing team, or you have to have all these people to help you do or investors. And I've, I've learned, it, it took me probably five years to learn this working with people with integrity and character. That's uh, a good, like cultural fit type person with, with me. I, I, I would rather have that than someone that has a resume of being a property manager for, 15 years. Like it took me a long time to realize that that's what's more important than capability. Capability means you can teach that. Absolutely. Yeah. Culture, uh, fit being able to, I mean, that's what, that, that's what makes, I mean, for me, it's why I want to go to work with my partners, with the people that I work with is that, you know, I enjoy working with them. I, I trust them. Um, I, I trust their abilities. I trust their integrity yeah. and I, and I actually like being with them. And, um, when you don't have it's that, it, it's a struggle for sure. Yeah. It's huge. Huge. Awesome. Um, right. so last question, you actually already touched on it just there. Uh, you know, if you could go back to the KC, who was uh, who was just walking up to those uh, those auction steps with cash stuffed down his boots um, and give that guy just one piece of advice uh, you know going forward in real estate what would that be go faster, faster. I think we missed out I think we missed out on a lot of opportunities just given the timing you know retrospectively looking at it we should have bought I think in our first year we, we doubled unit count for the first three four years we should have we should have done way more than that I mean but you, you know who knows yeah it's kind of like right now like the economy's crapping so <laughs> maybe it's time to buy i don't know you know <laughs> if only we had a crystal ball right 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 awesome um well casey again thank you very much for coming yeah. on i appreciated everything you shared with us um and i'm sure everybody listening and watching appreciated it well as well um you know you've given us a lot everybody needs to receive things in return um so if you could receive one thing be it uh um a lead, uh, a connection, a book recommendation, anything, what would you want to receive? God, you asked some deep questions, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I would like to receive, I would like to receive somebody getting a message from my experience to go out and be successful. That's what I would like to receive. Moxie That's bridge. It. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, and if somebody did want to get in contact with you, what would be the best way to just, just three letters, KCK at moxiebridge.com. Pretty simple. There you go. KCK at moxiebridge.com. Um, and I'll also put his LinkedIn, uh, profile in the show notes. So if you want to reach out there, you can do that. Um, again, thank you, Casey, for coming on for every listening and watching. Uh, we appreciate you guys coming along on the journey with us as well. Um, Again, the best way to support the show is just to subscribe, like, and share with your friends and family. And we look forward to seeing everybody on the next episode. All right, Gabe. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for joining us on the Real Estate Investing Club. If you feel we provided value, we would appreciate it if you hit that thumbs up, share with your friends online, whatever it may be. 
if you'd like to share or partner with us on an investment deal, we are always looking for quality projects. Go to www.therealestateinvestingclub.com to get in contact with one of our partners. Otherwise, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic day and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.